This week, Mostly Technical is brought to you by Lara Jobs, the official Laravel job board and Hello Query, which lets you empower your customers to build your own reports. Now, here's Ian and Aaron. Hello. Good morning, Ian. How are we? Hanging in. Hanging yeah. In. Busy, busy. Crazy are you, caught, are you caught back up from the week, the first week back at home? Yeah, I'm mostly caught back up. But it was first week of, uh, first day of school for the kids, uh, different yeah. schools. But this week passed, and then today for two of them. So a lot of running around. And so you have your whole organized. house back now, huh? Yeah. 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 That's pretty that, awesome. Yeah. I actually work in an office, so I usually leave the house most of the time. But uh, like this is an actual office outside the house here that I'm in. Okay, so you're telling me this green office that you just spent all that time painting and making beautiful? I thought this was in your house. That's not in your house. Not in my house. Where I is have it? An office uh, in town, like three minutes from my house. Uh, okay. But right in town, me actually and my brother and my cousin. My brother and my cousin have a consultancy, and we split an office. So. Wait, you have a here. consultancy and the software products that you've been doing no, for no, no, 19 years? No, 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 let me years? clarify. No, no, So yeah. my my <laughs> brother and my cousin have a consultancy, their own thing. I'm not involved. Okay. okay. Then I have Userscape. We share this office space. Um, and yeah, so we get to hang out, which is cool. And I get to get out of the house, which is cool. That's nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've worked from home forever, so it's like every... I worked from home about half the time that I've been doing Userscape. So about half of the 20 years, I was just only home and then half I've had an office. So, And which one's it, better? I like the office. Yeah. I like the office. Especially because my brother and my cousin are here. So it's also like creates like a little crew. Like we have a, yeah. an actual little office environment. Um, I mean, home is great too, but you just get, you know, caught up in things with little kids. You know how it is. Yeah. Like there's always something oh, I going know on. How it is. So yes. <laughs> when you want to yeah. have like most of the time it's even fine, but it's just like sometimes when you're really trying to be in the zone on something and then get interrupted or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like just nice to yeah. know I can go on video were, call or whatever. If there were a place three minutes from my house that I could have a good setup and especially have friends there, oh I would do that in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and we got yeah. the coffee shop. We got like, you know, there's just like restaurants so we can just walk places for lunch and whatnot. Yeah, we don't do a lot of walking here in Texas, but if I could right. find a spot, if I could find a spot like that, that would be amazing. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, you're in the new, the new setup there is different than your, uh, what would you have? You had a name for your, your cave. The right? Shed Quarters. Shed yeah. Quarters. Yeah, it's all branded and everything. Yeah. I know. You- the shed quarters actually was maybe the the best of both worlds, save for right. no no friends being there. Um, but it was physically separate from the house. It was a you know a literally a shed that I had delivered right. and then finished out into a quarters. Um, and so it was physically separated from the house, but still I was home, so I could just you know walk out the back door across the deck and then I'm at work. Um, yep. So that was ideal, I think. But in this rent house they don't have a separate space and I'm not going to buy a new shed and put it in a rent house backyard. So, (laughs) (laughs) so why didn't you bring the shed with you? Yeah. Um, I think it added too much value to the house. Mm. Oh, you sold your other house. You weren't, yeah, we sold it. Yeah. 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 So we sold it. And I think it didn't like technically count in the square footage, but it 
you know, in people's minds, it counted as an AD, an accessory dwelling unit, because it was heated yeah. and cooled and insulated. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so somebody could rip out the cabinets and turn it into like a mother-in-law suite without, mm. I guess, without plumbing, which kind of sucks, but still. <laughs> yeah, but just even more space for whatever, even a more hobby, space, yeah. shop, a workshop, or whatever. It could be anything, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it would have been a huge pain to load that thing back up on a trailer. I mean, it was right. 10 by 20. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a real, it's, it's a house. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. <laughs> that's a big size room. Yeah. Yeah. And then once it was like, once it was all finished out, I felt less confident about it being on a trailer on the road right. and jostling yeah. around. And... It's going to be the same once it yeah. lands in a new spot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, plus, you know how when you do a project, you finish and you're like, oh, that was, that's good. I would do it a hundred percent differently next time. Right. <laughs> yeah. That that's kind of how I feel. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, that was that was fun. I did a good job. I'm proud of myself. There are so many things I would do differently. So I'll yeah. I'll just do another one. I'll just rebuild yeah. it whenever we get a new house. Yeah. We uh we built our house and that's how I feel about our whole house. It's like, oh, it's great. Like we got everything uh, we wanted as we built it, and then it's like, oh, but we should have done all these things differently. And we only had one kid like when we built it, but then yep. now we have three kids and <laughs> All that seems like such a brutal part about building a house. Like it sounds really fun and I would love to do yeah. it someday, but I want to build a second house because right. of that exact <laughs> reason. I don't want to build a house and be like, oh, I'm going to live here forever. Also, yep. I know every single mistake we made because I built yep. it. It's like, right. Yeah. Why do we let that electrician get away with not putting outlets yes. in like in these spots and now we need yes. outlets or like yeah there's we have a million of those things where like we yep. just look around and like oh why'd we do that or why do we let somebody get away with that or whatever yes. like we were just out of emotional fortitude yeah <laughs> a lot and of now, that at the end. and now yeah. <laughs> i'm so mad we don't have a plug there yeah yep, exactly exactly yep all right yeah, where do well, we want to go first i don't know what do you think you know what i want to talk about ian yeah what do you got? I want to. I want to talk about DHH. Oh, baby, we haven't yeah. done DHH on. We here. haven't done DHH. So DHH. A lot of good things to talk about here. Man of the hour. Man of every hour for the past <laughs> twenty years. Right. All right. So I do want to talk about once, which is his new, him and Jason's new manifesto about SAS. I think right. that's like I think that is actually um, interesting and, and discussion worthy. So we'll save that. We'll save that. We'll save that for a second. Sure. Um, I want to talk about this freaking TypeScript thing. How much of this did mm. you follow? I mean, I'd say like I was only like somewhat following it. I didn't realize it had blown up totally, I think, till a little bit after it started blowing up. Because I'm not really actually super into the TypeScript circles, even though Same. I did yeah. learn it, you know, recently. Um so yeah, I wasn't totally following, but then I started to catch on that like, oh, people are like totally freaking out on DHH. So yes, okay, so here's here's a little recap of what happened. They've got yeah. this turbo this turbo library, which, from my understanding, is very much like uh, HTMX or um, I don't know how it's different from Hotwire actually, but I think it's like uh, HTML over the wire, and then they swap out. DOM nodes. So kind of right. similar to Livewire, but way less feature rich. Right. So it's like right. it's like it's like a JavaScript library for people who don't want to use JavaScript. Right. First it's of one all. of those. That's like it's the, one that's of those. the main point. Yeah. yeah. And so he unilaterally decided, I don't want to use TypeScript in this library because I don't like TypeScript. And 
it's my it's my library. Right. Eh, all right, whatever. Wrote this little manifesto as he does. Like and the manifesto. Like, he loves a manifesto. <laughs> loves a manifesto. Yeah. And, you know, bid farewell to TypeScript in a very poetic fashion. And people lost their gosh dang <laughs> minds. And I was uh, like, so I'm of two minds about this. One is I don't mm. really care. I don't really care for TypeScript. Like, it's just, right. I, I've never used it. Don't really care uh, for the syntax very much, but also don't really care about it very much. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, do whatever you want. So that's my first thing. And then my second thing is like, why must everyone care about everything so much? <laughs> that's what I couldn't understand. Uh, it's like these people who have never heard of Turbo, who had never used it, who had never touched Rails, right. suddenly felt the need to opine on why this was such a foolish decision and so user hostile. Like, what's going on, man? Well, I mean, that's second part. I mean, that's just, uh, I think that's a kind of standard Twitter play, right? <laughs> like, that's like the, the outrage people, bait. The outrage, yeah. Oh, get man. The outrage, the outrage marketing, the outrage bait. I don't even know if he was intentionally marketing it. I wonder if he, what he thought about the controversy level. I assumed he figured yeah. there would be obviously pushback because, yeah. you know, it's sort of, a, he's making a stand or whatever, but it does seem like it went beyond kind of standard levels Reasonable. of you've changed yeah you've changed that <laughs> but that, you know this is the javascript world though it's so like intense over there like that's it's where so all the, intense. the the like big brains are right they're all in there and they're like making their new frameworks and the new every day there's a new thing right it's and so, so i do intense. think that the typescript is somewhat foundational to a lot of that or at least yeah. they think it is um and so yeah i guess that Ruffled, ruffled some feathers, which is sort of interesting because I feel like all these same people, to me, the interesting part is like, I feel like none of them could give two hoots about Turbo. Correct. They don't care about people who want to not think about JavaScript, right? Like that is not their world. They Correct. don't care about that world, right? So like, kind of who cares? I mean, so this is where I've been. Who cares? This is who where cares? I've been with DHH for like almost 20 years is like, who cares? Like who if cares? everybody is so hot on DHH and what he's doing and what he's driving and yep. what is what base camp's doing. And I'm like, who cares? Who cares? Like, their advice has been bad for a long time, which is my <laughs> hot take. Okay. This is the Landsman DHH hot take that you may not have heard as we're, much as we're some going, other people. We're going have, but, super super way back. Yeah, I mean the their advice time. has been bad a long time. And like, so if you're on board with that, like this is just more bad advice if you love TypeScript, right? Then fine. What do you care? And like so uh, yeah, the he's building these things for people who aren't like most of the JavaScript people. So I don't know yes, why they correct. care. Like this wasn't for you to begin with. It's still not yep. for you. And everybody should just move on with their lives. Like it's fine. You can use TypeScript if you want. You can still use TypeScript. I presume. I believe this is possible that like in your parts of the code that you yes, can use TypeScript can. and you can use Turbo and it's not TypeScript and it all works out. So great. There you go. God, man, you know, I was worried. I was worried that we had lost you to the React world, and you were going to become a <laughs> you were going to become a JavaScript crackhead. But you right. still got it. You still got a no. good head on your shoulders. Yeah, there. yeah, I'm not totally gone. So the other thing is like, DHH and Jason Fried wrote this book called Rework, right. and in the book, which I read, and it's you know, it's good. I liked it. Yeah. Um, in the book, one of the chapters is about how picking a fight can be good marketing. Right. Right. I mean, and yeah. so, you know, I think the example they used was like picking a fight with the app store about 
hey.com or, or whatever right. it was. I don't remember. They're always picking fights. Who can say sure. for sure? Yeah. And <laughs> so then I think he comes on here and he's like, I don't want to use TypeScript, which I genuinely believe is true in his heart. He doesn't want to use TypeScript. Yeah. Like, but who can let a good fight go to waste? And so he picks a fight. Yeah. And then, then his, you know, his Twitter impressions. I think he got like four million people to look at that one tweet. And right. if you look at the stars on Turbo, the repo, just like through the roof. And I don't know. I I I feel like a, I feel like the only sane person, or I feel like a mega brain, because I'm watching this happen, and I'm like, y'all, he told you that part of his marketing strategy is to pick a fight and he's picking right. a fight and you're taking the bait and you're giving him, <laughs> you're giving him exactly yeah. what he wants. Like, can't you see what's happening? And everybody's yeah. like, no, we must crusade for TypeScript. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's especially weird now because I feel like DHH, he doesn't, um, I don't know. It's sort of like, you know, in the Don, in the Godfather, right? Like, there's a scene where like guys like the Don doesn't have it anymore, and I kind of feel like that's it with DHH. Like, he mm. he's not who he was in a sense of like I don't feel like he dominates technical discussion the way they did no. there for a period of time, right? Where it was like no, Rails, so. everything had to be Rails. Everybody was on board with Rails was the best thing out there, and DHH, whatever he said, was just absolute you know god yeah. speaking to you directly right and so it's like yeah i mean really who cares now and also yeah would there i mean if you just watch these guys we've all watched them for however long you've been in this industry yep you know that that's their playbook regardless of if they told you in their book which they did like that's very clear their game and so yeah i mean but people you know you're cruising twitter and you got nothing else to do for five minutes, so you know you throw down a little. You in just the get mad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why? Why not? Why not just get why mad not? as a treat? Yeah, right. Man, I muted so many people. Like uh, I don't care. Yeah, I don't there. care. Yeah, I don't care if you like TypeScript. I, I really don't. Right. But if you're gonna Go be a negative. jerk about it, yeah. yeah, it's like, how did you end up in my in my Twitter feed, <laughs> and how do I make that not happen again? I don't use so. the blocking that much. I should block more, but. I don't know. I only block for like very egregious things yeah. or people that are like harassing. I mute for people that are like um, incessant shit posters that just want right. to stir up drama or rage or just tweet memes all day, every day. I'm like, I just don't want to see that. So I just, I just mute those people. The other, so what do you think about this with the, with the outrage marketing though? So I think I definitely agree with the concept of, whether it's outrage specifically or it's even just trying to do something against the grain as mm -hmm. being good marketing. Like, I mean, that's is pretty even like almost standard marketing, like, mm -hmm. you know, purple cow 30 years ago, Seth Godin wrote this book kind of about standing out and all these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's one way to stand out. But like in their case, I don't think it really works that well for them anymore. Like, I think they had their moment in the sun and it worked great. And they built this huge audience. And listen, they can release anything and they'll make money. They could release yeah. a line of toasters, right? And they have a huge audience now and they could probably be yep. profitable with a line of toasters. But are they going to reach the the heights they did with Basecamp? Like they've never gotten back to Basecamp, right? Like they've literally never gotten back as high as Rails yeah. and Basecamp. Like that was the peak. They try to do all these other things. The other things, I'm sure most of them are profitable, but they don't reach the heights of Basecamp. Yeah. And so... You know, I don't know. It's fine. Like, 
I feel like there's a little bit of desperation in there nowadays of like, mm. how do we get back? We got to try something new. Like, how do we get that juice we had of when we were on the Kings of the world with base camp? And yeah. it's hard. It's hard. That second product, you know, it's, it's very yeah. elusive for most founders to make the second product that outdoes the first. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I have a hard time. I have a hard time judging accurately because of the way that they either do their manifestos or the way that they spin things. Right. Yeah. So when it was, when it was, we're 37 signals and we're going, we're just going to drop everything and go down to just being base camp because base camp rules. Right. It was like, oh, okay. Are the other ones doing poorly? Because they would talk about, you know, these other products are making millions of dollars a year. Right. And in my, in my little pea brain, I'm like, that seems awesome. You should keep those. Right. <laughs> but then they're like, well, you know, we just want to have this certain lifestyle and we want to focus on these certain things and have this type of company that's not very big. And in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess like maybe that maybe that is right. I guess if you were to continue to grow these products, you'd have to grow your company and maybe you don't want to do that. And then they'll talk about, you know, how many people signed up for hey.com. And, um, you know, you do the numbers and you think, holy crap, that's they're making a lot of money on that one, too. So I don't know. I have a hard time judging accurately because they are so good at like telling their own story which i think it all seems like that's the lesson nobody knows because they're so good at telling their story yeah i I think it's pretty clear to me just generally that base camp dwarfs all the other ones yeah Um, i'd be very surprised if anything it was i think i think people underestimate how huge base camp is i think they do yeah i think base camp makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year and so like how do you make you know i don't think hay makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year i definitely don't think any of the other stuff makes anything like that so you know, and I also think none of this stuff is, you know, when you have hundreds of millions of dollars a year, right? So you're making that year after year after year. They have all the money, right? So, yeah. so what gets you up in the morning, right? Like more money, like to some no, money no, no, is no. race cars is, for sure. Right. right. Yeah. So that was it for a while. Right. And then like, yeah. and the money is uh, the scorecard, right? So there is an element to the money being the scorecard. And so having a bigger hit monetarily, maybe you don't need the money, but that's the like, winning you know not that's not true of everybody right but in terms of if this is i mean they're they're my impression of them is they're a fairly big ego kind of group and that (laughs) there's an element to that that they're trying to outdo you know they want the next thing to be bigger than the last thing and i don't think they've ever really accomplished that and so i think that there is this kind of like it's like we're going to be base camp no we're going back to 37 signals because we got bored of base camp and now we want to do other stuff and not having it base camp do other stuff doesn't really make any sense so mm-hmm. now we're 37 signals again right and now we're going to do this email client and that had its you know two minutes where it was on cnbc for a day or whatever and mm-hmm. you know whatever there's people who use it and they like it but i don't ever see hey anywhere i mean honestly, i mean i don't either it. i don't yeah. see people using I don't get it a lot of, i don't get a lot I of mean, emails from yeah hey. i mean there's a couple people i know who use it and they've used it since the beginning and that's pretty much it so it's not replacing gmail anytime soon right um yeah so yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're like so they're, they're on to the next thing of how do we outdo what we've done. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe once is their new way to try that. So before we move mm-hmm. to once, my last point, mm-hmm. you asked about outrage marketing. Yeah. I think it I think it does. Listen, I think it does work. I mean, we see yeah. if we take if we take marketing and swap out social media growth, we see people on Twitter that grow their following just by being mad all the time. Like right. it absolutely works, um, but I have like a moral opposition to it. I just think it is right. fundamentally <laughs> it's fundamentally unhealthy and bad for whatever ecosystem you're in 
to be a rage a rage bait marketer i just yeah i know that it works like i'm not a rube i know that it totally works and i watch people do it all the time but i have no respect for those people and i don't think i'm alone like i don't think i'm alone right. in that and so i never like i never want to be that because i don't think it's worth it but i also have like a moral opposition to to doing that there's also like variations on it which i think you do a great job with which is like if you think about the there's a sort of um to go out there and actively rage market right not where you're the mm -hmm. kind of person who's just inherent to you but like you are making a decision to do it right mm -hmm. it's very similar to just that general decision of like i'm gonna put myself out there in a risky way which obviously you've talked about a lot yeah. like i'm gonna take risks with my ego with my standing in my community whatever community that is so there is like a lot of similarity there. And then you can take that just in different ways. Like you obviously just go like, well, here's a button I can push that gets everybody worked up. Um, but usually there's other buttons you could push that are maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't describe them as outrage, but it's like a different take or it's a unique take on yeah, something or something sure. like that, which is like, you're not necessarily like attempting to create outrage, but you are attempting to like make people think differently about something or get their interest in, in, a, in that kind of way in that engagement. So these are actually very similar to me. Like they're very like it's interesting. two sides of the same coin same sort point, of. Yeah. But just like, yeah, you're going to go that route of like light side or dark side. <laughs> right. It's a little bit light side or dark side. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I get that. Like there's a, there's a way to be counter cyclical or like against right. the current conversation. And I think there is a way to do that in a light way and in a dark way. Right. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully I've chosen the light way. Um, <laughs> I think so far. Okay, good. I'll try to stay on that path. Maybe uh, you'll just my, lose you know, it one day, though. You know, know you just like wake up one morning. My numbers start slipping. <laughs> you'll just choose my violence starts, one morning. I'm going to, yeah. You'll know, you'll know when I need funny. to get a quick hit of followers or something if I start rage baiting. <laughs> no, at that point it's all over uh, and I just need to log off. All right, let's talk about this once thing. Hmm. Do you know anything? Did you read this manifesto? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And as so. as our resident uh as our resident on-prem expert. That's me. Okay, so Basecamp's once thing is like, hey, we invented SaaS. <laughs> 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 we invented SaaS software and now we're gonna undo it. And you can buy a product and own it forever, but you gotta yeah. host it. So it's like, wait, what? So, so I mean, I'm glad we did this order of the conversation because I feel like this is the absolutely perfect. The the conversation we just had is <laughs> maps this perfectly, which is like we are going to write something to try to be outrageous. Like that's <laughs> that's the whole point of this page, right? Is like to try to generate outrage and clicks and marketing. Yep. Like that's the only purpose of it. And I mean, whatever. I don't care what they're doing. I mean, fine, build on premise software. It's great. Um, but it's just sort of a little bit infuriating to me that much like everything <laughs> that they're involved in to me, like almost every single sentence in there is incorrect about how B2B software works. And if it wasn't okay, about B2B I gotta, software. I got to pull this up. Okay. I it's need, crazy. I need like almost every sentence is wrong. Um, the, the, first of all, I will just say, because I usually talk not very nicely about DHH and 37 signals. But uh, this is the first I'm learning of this. This is I great. just want to be so clear. Glad we tapped into this. <laughs> yeah, I'll do these. We could do multiple podcasts. <laughs> but um But their domain game is like I, I'm in Unbeatable. constant envy of the domain game. The domain game is unrivaled. I love that they spend the money. They spent millions of dollars on hay, I'm sure. They spent millions of dollars on once, yep. I'm sure. 
they're out there. They're spending the money to get the amazing domains. Yeah, I'm totally There's only so many race cars game. you can buy. At some point, uh, you yeah. got to switch to domains. They're way I know more expensive. So many developers out there, they're jealous of DHH. He's smarter. He's better looking. He's got race cars. He's got more money. I don't care about any of that. I've never <laughs> been jealous of any of that with 37 signals. The only thing I'm jealous about 37 signals is how strong their domain game is. Their, their domain game yeah, is so strong. And I'm like, damn. That, so they got I'm, a three I'm letter with jealous. hey and a four letter with once, both yeah. .com sets. Yeah. And both pretty good names. Like, Pretty solid good. names for the service or you know we don't know mm-hmm. exactly what once is yet but like you know good names base camps good name they got the doc i know they spent a lot of money for that because it wasn't on basecamp.com for a long time oh yeah um so yeah very jealous of their domain game big props to dhh and the crew for the domains for sure all but, right um, so now you now yeah, you get credit is, for being even-handed you get credit for complimenting <laughs> yeah. so now let's run through the manifesto all right, I mean, so this this says you pay for it yeah. once, install once.com. You pay for yeah. it once, install it, run it, server, or your own computer server for everyone. It felt like you owned it, and you did. He's talking about the days of old, right. yada, yada, yada. Um, today, and the very first most line is that it's about business software. That's the okay, very that's first true. line. So they're that's talking true. about business software here. Okay. And I've sold business B2B software for 20 years, so I do know a little something about it. But and it's talking continue. directly to you, 20 years. For nearly two decades, that's yes, you, Ian. That's the me. SaaS model benefited landlords as a pejorative, I assume. Landlords I, handsomely. Like which with is them. Ru- with routine prayers and payers, <laughs> clever, to the nice. capital church of recurring revenue. Uh, valuations shot to the moon and on the backs of businesses subscribed at luxury prices for commodity services they had little control over. So, a lot of adjectives, a lot, lot of slander. How do we feel? I mean, it's entirely incorrect. It's sort of unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, it's really remarkably wrong. Uh, and I just can't express to you how wrong it is, everything they're saying there. Oh, my um, favorite. <laughs> it's just totally incorrect. Because here's the thing. Let me explain for how B2B on-premise software works, okay? So first of all, let's just get out of the way. The idea. <laughs> you don't even know, don't even know so where to wrong. start. That's so wrong. <laughs> so like, we're gonna we're gonna just disregard. First of all, if they're making okay. some product that's actually for developers and there's couching sure. it as B 2 B, that's a whole separate thing. I'm not. Sure. We're not talking about. Caveat. We're talking that's about. A good, that's you, a good caveat. You're going to a healthcare provider. You're yeah. going to a bank. You're going right. to a manufacturer, okay? Like somebody normie, who's got a facility. Super normie business. Yes, okay? If we're talking about that kind of B2B, and even, you know, internet B2B, but like real sizable companies, not okay. just, you know, one person business to business, which is a little bit different thing. You're talking about a big company, they got a CEO, they got whatever, all these different departments. So here's how it's worked forever. This is how it's worked. Okay, so yes, you used to have to download the software. First of all, you paid a lot of money for the software. You pay a lot more than a lot of SaaS charge. Let's just start there. Just the software costs you a lot more money. It might be $20,000, $50,000, $100,000 a year, right? Okay. Fine. Or millions of dollars, right? You go, wait, there's no upper limit. Like, lots and lots of money for the software. And they're just totally wrong that there was no recurring revenue. They're just complete. There's no other way to say it. They're, they're, I assume they're the lying. church of recurring revenue. <laughs> I assume they're lying for the outrage aspect. Mm-hmm. Um and that they know better, but I guess it's possible they don't know better. But nobody ever sold on-premise software, B2B, that didn't have support 
as a yearly uh. fee. And so right there, you and usually that's somewhere between 25 to 35% of the licensing cost. Oh, so you that's pay a, a big chunk up front, and then every year you're going to pay 25 to 35% in support um, at, on a recurring basis. And the thing is, it was essentially a subscription because, yes, the software didn't stop working if you didn't buy support. But literally nobody's going to run this. You're not running your bank on some software and then saying, you know what? Eh, screw the support. Like, yeah, we got 100,000 people using the software. But mm. if something goes wrong, we'll just see if we can figure it out. Like, no, nobody did that. They bought support every year. They budgeted for it. It was in the budget. Mm. If they stopped paying that support, it's because they stopped using the product and they moved to a different product. And on that product, they paid support. So there was this whole inherent recurring model. In addition, you also had recurring revenue that would come from new seat licenses. You know, they expand Expansion. your usage. Mm. So you have all that stuff. So, and then on so top you're calling, of that. You're calling foul on this whole, I mean, on the whole wrong. premise. It's just straight wrong. And then, okay. and then also you have to have an IT department, which is not free. Correct. So now you have very expensive IT employees. Um, and here's the thing. So I still am in this world. It's still about 25% of our new customer sales are on-premise. Really? Yeah, so it's still pretty high for HelpSwap. Um, and partially because now we're, there are not that many, you know, kind of actively developed, supported, on-premise help desk applications out there. Right, so if you true. have a need for that, like we're one of us shrinking market of that. So, but 75% are cloud. And the people who go cloud, like they don't even have IT departments. So there's this whole yeah. idea of like, well, you know, the IT department's just waiting there. They're not waiting there. Like they either don't have <laughs> IT anymore at all. <laughs> Or it's the IT department who wants to outsource it. They're like, yes, we want to run like the big chunky things that we have to run. And then right. we don't want to run this random, you know, reporting app or this help desk mm -hmm. app or the stuff that is once a year, we have to get around to updating it. And it's a big pain in the ass and nobody remembers how the server is set up. And nowadays with all the security concerns, <clears throat> you know, nobody wants a server just sitting there that nobody is really on top right. of. So the whole thing is just wrong. It's just straight wrong. Like that's all there is to it. Um, I mean, definitely oh there is that. I, it made different people rich SaaS and things like that. And so there is those elements, but yeah, I don't know. But that's where they get down into like the, the second part, which is like, you know, self-hosting is simpler and improved. And all yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So let's, let's keep wrong. going. We haven't, yeah, made, we haven't made it very far. Yeah, let's keep going. We did the first half. Let's <laughs> we did get the, first the second half is wrong. Uh, let's read this one sentence. Add up your SaaS subscriptions last year. And then here, here's the punch. You should own that shit by now. It's like, <laughs> right. oh, wow. It's so edgy. outrage, baby. So as edgy to say a curse word like that. Um, okay. <laughs> exactly. Let's see. Um <clears throat> Yada, yada, yada. IT departments are hungry to run their own IT again, which, according to whom, um, tired of being subservient to big tech's rain clouds. Oh, rain, R E. Oh, I didn't notice that the first time. Man, <laughs> rain clouds. That's, eh, that's okay. Um, all right. Introducing once a new line of software products from 37 Signals, formerly Basecamp, formerly 37 Signals. Um, pay one time, own forever. Okay. We write the code, you get to see it. I thought that was interesting. Um, we give you the software, you get to host it as a kindness. You get to. You don't mm -hmm. have to. You get to. Um, simple and straightforward, not enterprisey and bloated. For one fixed price, period, once, period. 
Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I love I love when when you get when you get in a mood about something. Oh, man, it's it's my mood. favorite. It's my favorite thing in the world. Um, Your voice goes to this different like Seinfeld register. Gets, right, it gets yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> a little Kramer, maybe. You know, Seinfeld, you know, Seinfeld when he gets that like, uh-huh. angrier. Yep. I mean, there's just the whole premise of this again. It's just it's just wrong. Um, I mean, the biggest driver of IT services to the cloud is IT departments. Like yeah. they don't want to be managing all these servers. There's definitely cost pressure on them. Like people want to cut their budgets and stuff. So some of it is about like outsourcing, but also it's about um, like they have this line here, which I think you just summarized, but I think it's kind of important. Like you controlled what you depend on and your privacy and security were your own business. Mm. And we think that it, we think it's that time again. I mean, privacy and security is literally the reason why they want to not manage themselves. Because the security threat is so complex right now that the only kind of Mm. industries that want to take this on are ones where they're extremely privacy focused and have the money to do it. So like Mm -hmm. your finance industry, for example, are like, okay, we're running these banks. This data is just super critical. They still do a lot of cloud stuff too, but they are then willing to say, listen, we're going to run our own data centers. We're going to have top people run these data centers. We're going to spend the money to have security teams, right? We're doing all that stuff. They're not Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, let's spin up a server and throw it something on there, right? Like it's a huge undertaking to secure these things, especially with like ransomware and all these things that are going on in security, uh, especially at big companies. They're not dying to like have some random piece of software to run, and your average yeah. IT department is definitely not. They're IT like, we don't have a security expert. Hungry to run their own IT. You don't like think if, so, huh? No. If you're like at some <laughs> K twelve school, right? Are you hungry to like no. be the secure the front line of security on every single app? Like maybe there's no. a few that you know you have to be responsible for, and that's your job. But you want to no lower that way. surface area. You don't want to have hundreds of random apps that like you have to have all these servers spun up you have to make sure they're secure there's all these security incidents yeah. now there's automated attacks like there's all this stuff and you've, you've you never heard of ruby on rails even, in your life right, and now you're hosting exactly. a, you're hosting a rails app you don't know exactly, what that is exactly exactly and there's all kinds of other problems with it like for the customers we do have on-premise right so there is all these more advanced security protocols now so you have a lot of like active scanning of the code bases and things and things running mm-hmm. on the server and these things are very finicky and they will often just keep apps from working because they're like, oh, we think this might be, you know, something's wrong with the permissions on this file. We just take that file and we move it and we isolate it. So now Got like it. HubSpot stops running because some security you scanning just quarantined thing, one right, of the files we needed. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's not <laughs> hacked or anything. Like it actually was fine, yeah. but like it doesn't like something about it. Okay, so fine. So, you know, there's just a lot of headaches like that that people are trying to get rid of for most of the types of software that I can imagine 37 signals is going to build. People don't want to deal with it on premise. So like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be very curious to see what they actually yeah, ship. So let's, um, let's, uh, but... let's, let's imagine what they could ship. So one, I think before we do that, one thing that I can see being true about this is not the IT departments are hungry. That seems crazy to me. Um, Writing the code and getting to see it seems like a novelty that no real business would super care about. Um, no, nobody cares. You you get to host it. I'm not interested in. Nope. 
simple, straightforward, not enterprising and bloated. That's nothing. That's, that's just, the UI. Like that could be a SaaS nothing. app too, yeah. right? Like that's As, not on premise. You could say that about anything. Oh, mine's right. simple. Yours is bloated. Who cares? Um, right. I think one thing that is interesting is like the data governance, provenance, isolation mm-hmm. thing. And at Planet Scale, we, we, uh, by the way, I saw you started using single source. We got to talk about that. Um, <laughs> at, at Planet Scale, <laughs> at Planet Scale, we have a thing where we can host. Planet Scale inside of your AWS account, um, and mm-hmm. so you still have like you still have control over all of the data and, right. in fact, all of the resources as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an interesting model. But importantly, we're not handing over we're not handing over operational complexity to their IT department. It is purely right. like, yeah, we're going to run this inside of resources and networks that you own because your data, you know, you want it there or whatever. So I think that that is interesting, but that is completely different than this model that we're right. talking about. And that is a lot of who we sell to even with HelpSpot is like if you're in the EU and just like obviously exactly. kind of tricky to host stuff in America still to some degree and things like that. It's like, well, we want to just run it in Europe. Fine. We actually have a EU data center now for HelpSpot for cloud mm. customers, which people use. So that's what the other thing is like most of these big SaaS apps now that deal with enterprise B2B, they have that built in on some level where you can choose, you know, for your data to be hosted in certain regions yeah. and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, that is, again, that is absolutely a valid thing. And there are certain industries where that's important. And those industries still have big IT departments and security teams, and they're spending the money to do those things um, for things that they don't want under any circumstances to be in another company's hands or to have to go through another company. But, you know, that's a very small part of the industry. And then on top of that, it's um, not the kind of software I could ever see them building for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about that. Do you yeah. want to do you want to? Um... Postulate what what they're actually going to build here. I I don't really know. I don't see. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I mean, to me, I would say maybe a help desk app would be something I, I see them I wanting say, yeah. to build because they're probably not happy with the other help desk apps out yep. there, and they're like, well, we'll build it ourselves. We'll make this. I can see that. Um, I can see they've been super into like getting off the cloud for their actual mm-hmm. physical servers. So are they going to do some kind of new age server management it enablement thing. thing yeah something like that that would make sense and that would probably do all right because like that kind of makes sense like you need to run that yourself on your servers to some degree potentially usually there's at least like clients involved so yeah maybe just run the whole thing i don't know besides that like email newsletter software type thing that seems a little low seems a little low yeah for them seems a little like yeah prosumer for them yeah something so i don't know what are your thoughts I'm thinking help desk. I th- I feel like help desk is in the middle of Basecamp and email. Um, right. Like if you were to do a Venn diagram and cross those two over, I feel like the answer is help desk. Um, and I could see, I could see them thinking help desks should be self-hosted internally. Um, yeah. But I don't. I, I I can't I can't get to anything else besides. Help desk. They, they do also make it sound like it's going to be a series of products. They do. That's Their right. intention, it seems the like, first is that. product, late 2023, more in 2024. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. interesting. I, I can't really, I can't really come up with too much that I think it would make sense for that people would actually want um, or some kind of dev tooling thing. But that's not, that's not the, 
vibe of this page no. right is not dev tooling focused so yeah and they say and they're also business, they're also so. pretty anti-dev tooling to be fair they maybe right. built they built rails but then in everything else they're like no bundler no build we're gonna do every like no yeah. cloud no they're just like we're gonna do everything our own way so right i don't know good topic though Glad yeah I there we that go one up. Jeez, I, I got I got you I got you yeah, amped you on got, that got one. Got me going there. All right, Woo. All right. what All else right. we take, got? We should yeah. transition. Let's take take, a, take breath. a breath. Where do Where do you want to go next? I want to talk about either um, single store or this factory recycle thing, which I've never heard of in my life. Um, I know. And then I also decided I think I want to try to get um a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube so we can talk about any of those things okay well I, let's let's you give us your take on this recycle thing because I've i don't know what it is okay, okay. That's, yeah, so if you okay, want to stop talking this is no good oh man I literally but... that's why i have it in the in the outline as factory recycle question mark because i saw you tweet about it and then i saw taylor quote tweet it that it was a jess archer thing and then i saw i think uh chris somebody tweet about it and I was like, what are you guys talking about? All right, let's, well, let's just do two or three minutes on recycle. Okay. Everybody has to two know about minutes. this. Very important. And then we'll move on to, to YouTube here, which I think okay. uh, I'd like to care about. So recycle is basically on Laravel factories, right? That let you automatically build out, you know, models and whatnot. Um, if, so in any real-ish application I've ever built, like, those are good and they're obviously good for testing, right? It's like whatever, sure. spin up an instance mm -hmm. of a model and do some tests against it, great. But then I like to work with a lot of seeded data in my apps and okay. any real type app, they just it just needs more than usually that the factory can give it because you just have all these interrelations. You have yep. things that maybe have to happen before another thing happens. The and data model has gotten messy over the past 20 years. It gets complicated, yeah. And even for a new app, I find it, I'm just building real apps and real apps have complicated Yep. structures right now they're not usually like the hello world look at it. it's a post with comments and these mm -hmm. are just the two relations and it's super easy like that's messy and so you end up with a cedar that's got like all these loops and it's got it's calling out to like yeah. application code to create something and it's doing all this stuff so that we can actually get data in the app in the real state or at least real ish mm -hmm. in the ballpark of real not where like oh i have a hundred thousand posts and there's a hundred thousand authors to go with it which right. makes no sense, right? Because I'm not going to ever have uh, one author per post. Like it would just happen if I just kind of did it the standard way. So I have to like do all this menagerie. Maybe there's always been a better way to do it. I don't know. But I always did all the menagerie. But apparently in Laravel 9, yeah, Jess Archer added to the framework this recycle method on, um, on, the, on the factories. And so it's very simple. You pass it in, uh, you know, a, a, a factory of like, let's say like an organization factory or author mm -hmm. and it'll just remember that. And then anytime it calls for an author to be created anywhere else, farther deeper into the tree that you're kicking off of the factory creation, it'll just use that one you passed in. So now you can say, give me oh, 500 posts, but use this author for all of them. And now I have one author and 500 posts. And now my data is just as it would be in real life. And I'm very happy. And not to write any loops or call out to any I application see. code to set anything up. And it's all magical and wonderful. And even for tests, I think it's going to be useful because a lot of times in tests, there's spots where I wouldn't mind having things be more real in certain ways. Right. And it's like, well, then I got to set it up and blah, blah, blah. But 
this way, I don't have to set it up. So it just makes okay. it easy to pass that through and and uh and you can pass through multiple, I think. So you can have, you know, ten authors and mm-hmm. ten thousand posts and it'll distribute them across and things like that. Okay. So a lot of people seem to not know about this. Yeah, me included. That's um yeah. of course of course very well named as everything is in the framework. Oh, the naming. Love it. Naming is so good. Great name. Um and very, very helpful. Good job, good job, Jess Archer. Yeah, so good. So definitely check out that if you haven't seen that. Um, I think a lot of people don't know about it is my impression. I just discovered it and I was like brought to tears essentially by it. So it's just <laughs> gonna simplify my cedars so much in the future. I'm very excited. Um, I love it. Yeah. So all right, so personal goals here you got. Yeah. All right. So I want to get one of those plaques. You know those silver ah, the plaque, YouTube play yes. buttons? Yes. I want one. In fact, I'll I'll be frank, since it's just you and I, I want two. <laughs> yeah. Two. I want two. I think I, want I have one. one for our podcast here. I, okay, let's do three. Three. I want I want one for Planet Scale and I want one for personal. And where are you at on those? Um, planet scale is up to 12,000 okay. and personal is up to like 10.8, I think. So I'm a 10th, I'm a 10th of the way there, which is I mean, I not like nothing. It's inevitable. If you are able to keep it up that like, you know, 10,000 people liked it. I feel like you can get to a hundred thousand. It's just yes. that, that you, that's kind of how I feel the work. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I started this YouTube thing a few months ago and was like, ah, people are talking about Laravel. Finally, people are talking about Laravel on Twitter. You know, not us. Um, and maybe I'll make a video about how Laravel is awesome. And I did, and it was it did great. And I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. Maybe I should do more <laughs> videos. And I started making videos for Planet Skills YouTube because you know I had done the whole course for them, right. and I thought the course was really high quality and it got very good reception. But YouTube's like a totally different game. It's it's just it's a beast unto itself. Yeah. And so I started making YouTube videos for Planet Scale, and they started doing well. And I was like this freaking rules. I could do this forever. And so I think I want to, I think I want to go for it. Like, I think I want to increase, you know, production output and try to hit a hundred thousand on two channels, which that would be crazy. Would be crazy. Right. <laughs> would be crazy. And you're not, I don't really feel like, I don't think you necessarily are cross populating them too much in on no. YouTube itself. Anyway, I know mm-hmm. on Twitter you probably are, but yeah, on YouTube itself. Yeah, so no, where did on they YouTube, start? They're not linked. They're not linked at all. Where did um, you start at here? My personal started at like you know thirty or sixty or whatever because I had some oh, from. That's it. Like really, like yeah, just three 60. zero. Okay. that's it. Oh yeah. wow, okay. So you yeah. really have grown it fast. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. And then I think Planet Scale when I started posting, they had like I want to say like one or two thousand, right. something like that. Um, so negligible as well. And the Planet Scale one's not um like reposting your course this sounds like no. these are new no, videos these are, this is all new material um that again is like more tailored to what youtube desires which is you know punchier funnier faster the course is very much like hey you're gonna sit here and you're gonna listen right. to me because you need grind. to learn this stuff yeah um and so i have thought that like a good a good vein of content for the planet scale one would be basically take the course and redo it. But for YouTube, right? Cause I've already done all the research and all the right. hard work. Now that I just got to go sense. back and redo it and make it more fun and, you know, punchy. I think that's like, I don't know. It was like 65 videos or something. It's a lot to work from. 
That's a lot to work from. <laughs> yeah. and the hard that's part. Like, the hard part is the research. I mean, and that's probably two hundred YouTube videos or something, right? Yeah, you know, that's in terms true. Because like, they got to be a lot shorter, and yeah, yeah, and then you're gonna be may- probably maybe a little more focused. You might be able uh-huh. to like, tear in one course video into a few different chunks or whatever, and different yep, totally, angles totally. on it and whatnot. So yeah, wow. So that's that's amazing. What? So what do you? What's like the the kind of key that you found so far to it. So is it just like, because your videos aren't short, short. They're not like they're not. two minutes. No, um, they're like between, I think eight and 15. Yeah. Yeah. And so just like the, is it, that's the other thing. Are, is it your kind of people who know you, you think a lot of it, or you think is the algo, like you see it continually kind of go Man, and the algo's pushing it. It is shocking how much it is not me and how much it is the that's algorithm. awesome that's great. because i will look they give you good breakdowns and i'll look mm-hmm. and see like um where does the traffic for this video come from right. and i sent this i sent this to uh the planet scale ceo recently because we were both just like amazed by it it's like one or two percent from outside traffic wow i would have never thought that yeah at all. yeah that's so like amazing. all of this, like make a scene on Twitter about a new video, <laughs> barely matters at all. Now, Although does it, it might matter? Kick it off, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. Does it matter to like alert the algorithm that there's something to look at here, potentially? So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not going to stop. Um, sure. But yeah, it's like you know, eighty percent YouTube browse, nineteen percent YouTube up next, and then one percent. And honestly, the direct, I think the direct is maybe, or, or the outside of YouTube is, you know, 2% or something. And like 50% or more of that is Google search. I was just going to say a lot of that won't even be used. Yeah, it's not, it's yeah, not even Google driving it off Twitter. Or it's other search. links from other places sure. or somebody else's tweet or whatever. So yeah, yep. like, wow. Yeah, <clears throat> it's crazy. That's and that's why, yeah. And it's so durable because like you'll have a video sit out there for a while and then it finally starts to like, get picked up yep. whereas any other platform you post something and it's gone lost right. to the winds of time um and so it's, it's awesome for that reason especially the stuff you're posting is a lot of like you know fairly evergreen mm-hmm. stuff eventually it might be outdated but it's not going to be outdated you know next right. week or anything like that it's going to be useful yeah. for quite some time which is is great like and i'm still trying to develop in. like my personal rules <clears throat> for being on youtube like i have mm. You know, I have a vibe and a set of rules I follow on Twitter. I think for YouTube, one of them is like, don't try or try not to do super of the moment stuff. Like, I don't necessarily want to do, here's what dropped in Laravel 10.2.3. And I'm like, that's going to, one, that's a very narrow audience. And two, that's going to be outdated next Tuesday, you know, when they drop the next one. And more competitive to some degree too. There, totally. you know, are a lot of sites and people doing that kind of like thing because yeah, that's a you know somewhat obvious thing. It's like okay, what's new? We can talk about what's new. Yeah. That's a good thing to talk about. Um, but yeah, for the like longevity of it in terms of what YouTube wants, it may not be the best. Yeah, uh, angle there. I'm I'm very interested in this whole personal personal rules thing. I don't know. Can we take a side oh, detour yeah. on the yeah, personal yeah, yeah, rules? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because... Let's pull up the rules. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have, like, written down rules. Oh, this it's is... public. Are you Oh, is it public? Me? Okay. Yeah, it's public and pinned. All right, let's go to oh, twitter.com slash Aaron D. Francis. My personal Twitter guidelines, September 4th, 2021. Here we go. Um. So these have, these have 
morphed a little bit over time. Um, and maybe there are, you know, more or slightly different takes on them, but these are, mm. these are fundamentally the exact same as I operate today. So rule number one is encourage other people, um, which is like, if you think something is cool, tell them that you think it's cool yeah. because so the whole thing, my whole thing is like, I want to be a, um, positive force for good on Twitter and not right. someone who's being <laughs> cynical, mean and obnoxious. So first one, encourage other people. Second one, be positive. A feed full of negativity is zero fun to follow. This is like, this is um, core to my being and also strategically mm. optimal. Right. Like if you complain, <laughs> if you complain about everything all the time, yeah. nobody's going to want to follow you. Right. Like, right. I'm That's sorry. No I'm sorry that they got your coffee wrong. I do not <laughs> right. care. Especially I'm sorry that they are, lost are your bags. Yeah. I don't care. Like not every offense is, is directed at you personally. Like sometimes things just happen. Do you, do you think there's a balance there? There is a sort of interesting aspect of the the Twitter providing an insight into somebody's actual life. Uh -huh. So to me, there is a difference between like the person who's continuously negative about everything mm -hmm. and the person who's like normally fine, but then hey, this like weird thing happened and I'm yeah, just like they, thinking uh, about it. The, I don't normally do this, but the right. streets, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A little insight into like who they are, where they are. Like so, sometimes yep. I'm okay with some of that. Yeah, I'm okay, but I agree I'm okay with you with the, like, some of that. Ongoing is not. There not are fair. there are people who it seems like Twitter is their source, their their way to vent their frustrations oh, with the universe. I mean, there's lots of people. That, <laughs> I, sure. That's a hard no for I've me. I've been that person. I feel like I've been that person. I've been trying not to be that person in this newer that's, age. That's maybe, good. But that's I've been good. That, yeah, that I, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll keep you on the straight there you go. Now. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's totally fine to do that from time to time. And if the question is insight into, you know, the person, the life, whatever, I think you can get that other ways without complaining. Mm. Um, I feel like I provide a pretty transparent look into my life without hopefully being negative. Um, mm. But there are definitely times that I think, yeah, that's totally appropriate to, you know, express frustration or whatever. Um, it's just the pattern of, man, this person just moans about everything. Right. I'm like, nah, <laughs> next. And then the last one is share what you're working on. People are drawn to other people in motion. And this is what I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people miss this is they think, okay, I got to grow my Twitter or I got to grow my following. So I'm just going to comment on everything that happens. So I'm going to yeah. comment, I'm going to comment on TypeScript. I'm going to comment on, um, I don't I can't even think of anything besides TypeScript. Um, anything of the moment, I'm going to have right. an opinion on it and I'm going to put myself at the center of the conversation because yeah. that's what you have to do. I'm like, ah, no, just tell people like you're doing like you're doing things like I made this. I made that. I read this. I watched that. Like just comment on what you're actually like working on and what you're building. Yeah. And that will that will be the thing that people coalesce around instead of coalescing around the fact that you have hot takes on everything that happens every day. Right. So <laughs> those those are the rules. I like them. Now, how do the rules change for YouTube? So they do change because YouTube is inherently a different medium, right? So right. Twitter Twitter's text and it's hard to interpret tone or nuance on Twitter. Yep. And so then when you go to video, 
you have a lot more freedom um, because you can explain a thought more fully. Now, yeah. will people listen to it? Uh, I have no idea. But right. that, that part's not my responsibility. Like my responsibility is if I'm going to have, let's say, a hot take, I need to explain I need to explain my reasoning behind it. And so I feel yeah. a little bit more freedom. I feel a little bit more freedom on YouTube to have more um, nuanced opinions, which can sometimes right. veer into hot takes. Um, but I always try to like keep it nuanced and advocate for the things I like instead of bashing the things that I don't like. Yeah. And then the other ones don't super change, honestly. Like I'm not going to do rage bait YouTube right. videos. Um and so I think the only thing that does change is the ability to more fully explain and have nuance. So that gives you a little bit more freedom to talk about some more edgier things. Also, I don't share I don't share anything really personal on YouTube. People there don't know me. Yeah, so that's a little different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Twitter, Twitter is friends, YouTube is media and i just put out a piece of content and expect this is the only thing anyone here is ever going to consume i don't i don't imagine them getting to like know yeah, me personally kind of interesting though it's like because obviously on youtube you see kind of both sides right of people like this is informational i'm sharing information and you have people who build huge audiences and they're just basically sharing information obviously you're getting some of their personality just mm -hmm. inherently in that but then they're not necessarily doing going above and beyond. And then you have the, the other end where you have like a Casey Neistat or whoever. And right, like, totally. It's all personality and yep. it is what they're working on, but it's like all kinds of other stuff too. And it's a day in the life and all these things. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Do, is there even a middle ground or do you, would, or you think just keep it, keep it kind of focused on the yeah. informational content? I think for me, the middle ground is do the informational content without being afraid to be yourself. Um, right. And so for me, like everything that you see on Twitter or in real life, you'll see on YouTube, like same right. humor, same jokes, same rules, same ethics, morals, all of that. You'll see it on YouTube. You just don't like I just don't really go into the reasoning behind it um, right. or explain like, here's how I operate. Um, but if I were to do a vlog, like if I were to do like a, you know, a, a different channel or, a, you know, do a series of vlog videos. I could totally see myself doing that. I just don't think my personal connections are going to be on YouTube. I think they're going to continue yeah. to be on, on Twitter. And so I don't feel the, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do a vlog. Basically. I don't right. want to do a day in the life. I don't want to be Casey Neistat. Right. Um, I could see you doing a vlog of like a, like a Laracon, like you're hosting Laracon and you're that would like, be fun. it's three days of yeah. what happened to you in and around Laracon or something like that. That could be, that would be fun. I could do that. Yeah. I could like do, one I could do one time. Offs. Yeah. Like one, -off one off stuff like that. Drop something like that. Um, uh, Oh geez. Now I interrupt, I interrupted my train of thought with that and I forgot I had another question here. Oh, have you done any, are you kind of big on the researching of YouTube and how to like, have you researched the business of YouTube? I guess is my question or has it been more organic than that? Um, I don't know how this will make me sound. Probably like a rube. I have done zero research into okay, like interesting into like the business of YouTube. Mm. So the question, I guess, my answer stands, but I still don't know what the question is. But the answer is the same for both. The business, like the back end, how do I make 
money long term or the business? How do I grow? How do I? Yeah. How do you what grow? Is like, want? what are the algorithm? Yeah. What's the algorithm yeah, yeah. want? What are the tricks? What are the like? What should your profile? What should your image be on the the yeah. thumbnail image? Like, whatever. All that kind of stuff of like building up the channel and things like that. And, um, well, and also like, is are you do you have ads on on your personal channel? I have ads like on like, on the personal yeah. channel, and I make literally tens of dollars. So it's right. pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah. rolling in it. Um. So the answer to both is no. I haven't done any research into the back end. I, from what I understand from just like being online, the on, on the business back end, like making money, the money comes from sponsorships, right. sponsored content. Bigger, yeah, because yeah. I, I think I've literally made like $200 this past month off of YouTube. Right. Um, and then from what I understand just from being online about how to grow is like, you got to hook them in the beginning because if they, you know, if they click away, it's game over. Right. Um, you got to get them to click. And that's where all the like stupid faces and the thumbnails come in. And that's <laughs> another rule that I have is I'm not going to like, I know that people fall into that because that's what the algorithm wants. I just don't feel, I don't feel comfortable doing like the pretend to be shocked about something and then right. click through and it's just a video about JavaScript. I'm like, right. Yeah. What? A title that's totally unrelated yeah. really to the content. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. At what cost, you know? Right. So, um, you got to get them to click. You got to get them to stay. You got to get them to watch. And that's like, you know, I'm learning as I go that you got to tighten everything up. Everything you're going to say, you got to tighten it up, shorten it up, add yeah. an animation or whatever. And so, but yeah, beyond that, it's just like, all right, what if I, I feel like the, the midwit meme where you've got the simpleton on the left and the Jedi on the right, and the, both of them are saying, make good videos. And I'm like, right. I don't know which one I am. <laughs> That's perfect. Hopefully I'm the Jedi, yeah. but I'm probably the simpleton. I'm just like, I'm just going to make a good video. So I, I like that. I mean, I don't getting into the idea of videos and things. It's just the editing time just yeah. seems brutal. That's, I mean, luckily you're getting paid as part of your job for one yep. of the channels at least to do it which is awesome and to get better at it which is also yep. benefiting your personal channel um but to really make a good video i feel like obviously there are people who have just straight talking head and there's no edits yeah. and whatever and they have a million followers but i think you're you know for most videos would be greatly enhanced by having good editing and and all that so that's a lot of work there i know you said on your recent video there we had a bunch of transitions i mean that mm -hmm. timeline flow looked insane of yeah thousands yeah. of cuts to yeah, do the animations that was, that was and one. i also don't i don't super like the i'm just gonna turn on the camera and talk and then chop out the words and sentences like i don't like that that style of video i don't watch yeah. those videos right where it's like you can tell like every other word is chopped out and the camera's jumping around and it's I'm like, yeah. just like, just rehearse it a couple times and give me, right. give me some better takes. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I'm developing a style that I am comfortable with yep. and I'm hoping that the, the algorithm continues to prefer it. And all right. So what's your, do you have a, a date for the timeline? Yeah. Yeah. I think a goal. I think, I want to do it in, I think I want to do it in less than one year. That's what I was thinking. I feel like one year is like, yeah. if you're trying to be ambitious, that's, that's yeah. like a solid goal. One so year. we'll say, we'll say September, because today's Monday, September yeah. 11th, 2023. We'll say by September 10th of 2024. Oh, I would, I, I, I'm shooting for two 
If I get one, I'm going to be thrilled beyond right. <laughs> <laughs> Those plaques are awesome. And what's the They're next so plaque? Cool. Is it 500,000 or a I don't know. I think there's a gold one at a million, but I don't know yeah. if there's any in between. The plot is that's a whole nother fascinating thing is just um, the motivational factor yes. of awards and things like that that yep. make, you know, there's no economic incentive, there's no rational reason to want this yep. award. But um, yeah, I know, like, but for I want me, it. like, yeah, I want it. Like, there's this, uh, whatever, there's a couple of poker tournaments that. Mm-hmm. I would like to win someday, not because of the money, not because they, they have like in, in a couple of places in Vegas, they have these really elaborate trophies. And I'm like, I would just love this really elaborate trophy. That's just like on my, just, you, you know, take it everywhere. You. you take it to the, the next yeah, tournament like, and be so like, Oh, this cool. whole thing. Yeah, so, this whole giant glass thing. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. this. And it's just like, so cool and motivating more, you know, more than the money for me. It would be like, Oh, yeah. this like cool. It's like a real solid thing. Or like the WSOP. We haven't talked much about poker on here, but it's like the big poker tournaments. It's like, you get a bracelet if you oh, want. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's like, oh. And the bracelet's hideous and ugly and terrible. It's nothing near as nice as, like, the YouTube award. But it's like, oh, if you had a bracelet, that is, like, yep. signifying that you have or a green jacket, a certain right? level. Or, right? or a green jacket, all those things. So is it the power of those type of awards. and So here, here's what I think. Uh, Justin Jackson, if you're listening, which we'll know if you are or not. So Ooh, I hope you are. We should start um, testing community members. We yeah. should, yeah. <laughs> so Justin, if you're listening, you should be sending out patches or stickers or emblems or something when podcasts reach certain listener marks. Ooh, like yeah. I know that in, in the Transistor FM dashboard, yeah, you get like, this is a great you know, idea. a badge or whatever. Those should be, those should be physical, physical. patches that like, you know, you get you get a patch for hundred thousand listeners, and then you get little like little like kernel toppers that go on top yes. of it. It's like two hundred, five hundred, a million. Like, come on, what does that oh cost? Four dollars? I so love you know this idea. Thrilled, you know how thrilled I would be to like have a patch that's like you got you know quarter million downloads. Yes. Yeah, I did. Are you doing that? I mean, you could literally charge for it. It could cost you nothing. It's yes, like when I you would buy it. it when you earn it, you can click it in yep. Transistor, and then you can buy it. Add it to it, our you, bill, because you're yeah, paying the bill. Add it to our bill, right, yeah. whatever. Like, but you can't buy it until you've earned it. Yes. And there's a very, like, we have this Slopes app that does something similar. And it's like, yeah, when you have it a certain amount of time, you can mm-hmm. buy the sweatshirt or whatever. And, like, yeah, they should totally do that. People would totally line them up. Yes. We'd have them lined up. We'd have them yes. behind us or on something exactly. or whatever. I'd, I'd have oh, it instead man. of this little tree on my yes. hat. I'd have a you know, hat with a quarter million badge listening. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, That's Justin, that one's idea. free. That one's free. <laughs> Just doling out the amazing. And if I don't, if I don't hear from you, Justin, you're lost. No. First of all, <laughs> no. you made yeah. it to, to into the second hour with us here. Come on. Justin. Yeah. You, you endured the DHH stuff. And now we give <laughs> yeah. you, we give you this treat at the end. Oh, geez. And let that be a lesson, dear listener. You may get called out at some point. So you gotta listen. You gotta listen all the way to the end. So we, know, we, may, we like, may give you a tip for your business. Is this breaking your rules? I feel like this. I might be corrupting you a little bit here. This feels like no. it might be a, a little a little breaking the rules. Call no, this is long I'm form. Sure. Okay, okay, we, we so can be a little good. more folksy in the long form. You know, it's audio. It's not text. I think we're okay. Oh, jeez. All know. right, well, that sounds good. Shall we wrap it Great there? Advice. Yeah, let's wrap it. Um, all right. If you're looking for us, mostlytechnical.com, mostly tech pod on the very happy Twitters. 
<laughs> and mostly technical podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us anything, follow up with us. I want some more follow up, people. This is yeah, a, we need more mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. Give us some mailbag. I know people contact us on Twitter, which is kind of the same, but give us some give us some mailbag. We want something to chat from the community with. So send us your ideas. All right. All right. Great one. See ya. Have a good one.